Welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner. With me today is Dwayne Friend. Welcome, Dwayne. Good morning, Bill. I guess we're going to talk today about, you know, one of those topics. Everybody has it uh, on the tip of their tongue when they go to um, uh, parties and such. It's pond scum, or perhaps you want to talk about plants in ponds, but they mean the same thing to me. Yeah, I, and I'm sure that everybody talks about these, this at parties as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hot topic. Well, and <laughs> that's why you get invited to all the, the happening parties is because you have the knowledge about this topic, I suppose. Well, that, that works. Good. As long as you're invited, that's what's important. Well, what should we know? I, I know that this does get brought up a lot. You get calls from uh, people that have farm ponds or or ponds on their property, and now's the time uh, when the questions start rolling in. What kinds of questions do you get, and what can you tell us uh, in way of uh, background? Well, typically, again, yeah, this is the time of year when we get get a lot of questions on uh, pond plants, uh, what to do if uh, anything that needs to be done in certain situations, what can be done to control the plants, uh, and probably one of the first questions that we get is what type of plant it is. And typically, this time of year, we start getting questions about uh, seeing the, the water kind of turn a greenish color, and uh, folks start wondering about what, what that is and, and what, what should be done, if anything, with that. And so typically, this time of year, what we're looking at is algal growth. Algae. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, we have the uh, just the, the microscopic algae that kind of turns the water to that uh, pea green kind of color, and then of course uh, we'll also start getting the uh, the type of algae that looks like the the moss or the you know the long slimy uh, type of material, and that'll start building up around uh, the edges of the pond. And depending on um, how prolific it is, it may end up covering the entire pond. So. Uh, we we get start getting questions about what to do to control those kind of things, and then later on in the in the uh, summer we start getting questions about floating plants, uh, submerged plants, and those types of things. But typically the uh, the most common types of, of plant problems that are found in farm ponds is going to be the algae, and then uh, a little bit later on in the the spring and summer are going to be plants called watermill and duckweed. So. What do you do to control them, or what are the root causes, if you take that for a plant that doesn't really have a root, I suppose? Okay, well, one of the main causes with any type of pond plant is uh, nutrient levels. Uh, a pond is just like an, any other type of ecosystem. Whatever you put into it, uh, nature is going to try to uh, uh, you know, take out of it what it needs. And if there are a lot of nutrients that go into that pond you're going to have a lot of prolific plant growth, whether it's algae or other types of ponds, uh, pond plants as well. So one of the first considerations in terms of overall pond maintenance is how much nutrients are getting into the pond, where those nutrients are coming from, and if there is a way to control the amount of nutrients that go into the pond. So you worry about things like runoff or... Exactly. Okay. That, uh, those types of things. If you have... Uh, for example, one way to, to kind of control the amount of nutrients going into a pond is if you have a, a, a nice long waterway leading into it that will help slow down, stop the sediment from getting into the pond, which in a lot of cases nutrients are attached to the soil particles. So if you stop the sediment, 
you're going to stop the uh, nutrient loading going in. Uh, but then also, as that water is going through a waterway, uh, it's going to take some of the nutrients out of that water as that water infiltrates into the ground and some of the existing plants in the waterway will take that, those, some of those nutrients up. So the more grassy or covered area that that water can run over before it gets into the pond, the better because it'll take more and more of that nutrient loading out. So grasses are the best plants in terms of uh, reducing the runoff. Anything that is thick and lush, one would think, would would do well. So that that, would... that is true. Grasses will will work well, but then you can also have legumes and other types of plants in there. And whatever would be a typical waterway mix uh, that that most folks would have would be fine. And again, what we're trying to do is is stop those nutrients from coming in by either the stopping the sediment loading. Uh, which is going to provide an added benefit to the ponds so the pond doesn't fill up as quickly with sediment. And then again, if you can control the nutrients, you're still going to have plant ponds present, but maybe you can lessen uh, the, the amount of pond plants that are going to be found on a pond in a given year. So landscaping too, I suppose, so that you can not have, um, so that runoff is directed away from it, assuming that that's not the source of the water for the the pond. Yeah, if there are certain situations where you do have some water coming in that's not the main source of, of the pond water, and in some cases it may even be a, an erosion concern, you may want to consider doing some type of erosion control structure. Uh, and uh, talking to the Natural Resources Conservation Service folks or local soil and water conservation district folks, uh, they could give you ideas on maybe what to do to, uh, to again, to control the, that excessive amount of of water runoff that may be coming in. I'm sure that most people, are, when they talk to you, though, Dwayne, are looking for the, the magic pill. The, <laughs> the, I've got this problem, and I want to be able to add X to the water and solve my problem. Is there such a thing? There are a lot of different types of, of uh, chemicals out there. If we're looking at, at chemical control as a method, one thing that uh, some folks do at the very beginning of spring to control algal growth, which isn't uh, a herbicide, but it just controls the amount of, uh, of water getting in, and I said algal growth, I meant uh, I should be talking about submerged plants, is uh, actually a, a water dye that you place in the pond that actually limits the amount of, of sunlight infiltrating down to the bottom of the pond. Uh, with that lessened sunlight, you don't have as much prolific growth of the submerged plants. And that works really well if the water is relatively clear to begin with and if you do have a relatively shallow pond because typically the more shallow the pond is, the more of the submerged plants uh, that are going to be a problem. The only thing with uh, using the water dyes is that um, it's you get a heavy rain and it dilutes that amount, so you're going to have to add more to it. Uh, and again, it's not going to be a 100% guarantee. And one of the other things I should mention, too, is you don't want to have a 100% plant-free pond. Typically, you want to have around about 25% coverage. That's usually enough that's going to provide good habitat for your fish uh, and anything that surrounds in the area, surrounding wildlife. But it's not going to be so much that it's going to pose a problem to the pond itself. As far as other chemicals that can be used, there are a number of different types of chemicals. For uh, algae... Uh, typically, uh, it's a, a copper product that's used for that copper sulfate. Uh, that comes in a lot of different forms, whether it's in crystalline form. Sometimes it, you can get it as a liquid, which you spray on. Uh, that's very effective on algae, uh, and it's one of the cheaper – it's actually one of the cheapest uh, aquatic herbicides that can be used. 
that is the only thing that uh, uh, copper sulfate uh, works on algae, but it doesn't work on any other type of aquatic plant. The only time you would have to worry about a fish kill is, one, if you misused the, the herbicide, put on a lot more than what was required. But really, the, the, the only problem that occurs if you use a, a herbicide on a, on a pond is if you wait too long and there's such a large amount of plants present, when you use that herbicide, and this is particularly true later on in the summer, as that plant as those plants die out, as they're decomposing, it's going to take oxygen out of the water. And if you have too much of that going on, it's going to really decrease the oxygen content in the water. The fish aren't going to have the oxygen they, they need, and that leads to a fish kill. So it's not the herbicide itself that causes the fish kill. It's the plants decomposing and that taking the oxygen out of the water that causes the problem. Well, very good. Any place else that we ought to be looking for more information about uh, aquatic plants or anything else we need to know? One of the best publications that I could recommend right now, and this is available as a PDF uh, off the web, uh, is actually from uh, um, an adjoining uh, state. It's from uh, Purdue, but they have an excellent publication on uh, aquatic plants, the types of plants that may be present different types of control methods, including uh, chemical control methods, but also mechanical and cultural control methods. And the best way, the easiest way to get to that would just be to go in and do a Google search on Purdue Aquatic Plants, and it should bring it right up. And uh, there are several different publications available within that website. There is uh, one that's a general publication on just all, any and all types of pond plants. Uh, they also have some information on just talking about watermeal and duckweed, which again is a very uh, prolific problem in a lot of farm ponds. Uh, and then there's also a publication that talks about uh, the use of barley straw in ponds as a potential for, for weed control. So all of those are excellent publications, and again, that's, that's available through that Purdue website. Thank you, Duane. And for Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wasner and Duane Friend. Mm-hmm.